what was really a big deal for us when we started the Total Worker Health Alliance, the Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance, and that was back in 2017 with a signed agreement, was the recognition that we had a couple organizations that were really committed to look for ways to share knowledge around the Total Worker Health approach and kind of where we can go with it. And so it really made a lot of sense to work together because we already work together in so many other ways. You're listening to What's Work Got To Do With It, your go-to resource on all things workplace safety, health, and well-being. This podcast series invites you into the conversation as we discuss how our workplace conditions like work hours, occupational stress, job safety, and other issues affect our lives at work and at home. We go into the science behind it all and talk about what we can do to reduce work-related risk and promote well-being. This podcast is a production of the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences and Oregon Healthy Workforce Center. This episode was produced and edited by myself, Helen Shuckers, written and hosted by Anjali Ramishbabu, and music provided by Sam Greenspan. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of What's Work Got To Do With It. So this year has been another fantastic year on our podcast, and we definitely appreciate each and every one of you for listening and giving us your time. This is our last podcast episode of the year. So this is our fourth year of our Institute podcast. And I just also wanted to acknowledge and say thank you to my co-host and co-producer Anjali Ramishbabu for always putting in your hard work and helping me script the podcast episodes as well as host and just being there for the podcast through these years I definitely couldn't have done it without you as well as for other team members that have helped support in the past and today's episode is a really special one we will be talking to some stakeholders we've been working with for many many years more specifically our guests today Liz Hill and Didi Montgomery are going to be speaking with host Anjali Ramishbabu on the Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance So I'm sure some of you might have heard of what this alliance means, but essentially it started in February 2017. A charter was signed between our institute as well as Oregon OSHA and SAFE, which is Oregon's not-for-profit state chartered workers' compensation insurance company, as well as us as a research institution. It's one of the first collaborations, we believe, of this kind, and there has been a lot of support and collaboration to move the mission of Total Worker Health and supporting things around education as well as outreach, but also beyond that. And we'll definitely be digging into all of the different details from the very beginning of this alliance to where it is now and even the future plans for uh, training curriculum as a whole. So let's go ahead and jump right in. I'll be introducing both Liz and Didi, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Liz Hill is a Total Worker Health Advisor for Safe Corporation. Liz has over 25 years of experience in professional health and safety and a short stint of international health work. Prior to working at SAFE, Liz worked in a variety of industries from oil and gas to higher education. Liz has a Bachelor of Science in Industrial Hygiene and a Master's of Public Health. She has a designation as a Certified Industrial Hygienist and a Certified Safety Professional. She is currently serving as a Chair on the American Industrial Hygiene Association's AIHA Total Exposure Health or Total Worker Health Advisory Group as a member of the Multidisciplinary Collaborative for Occupational Health Professionals and is past chair of AIHA Safety Committee. Dee Dee Montgomery is program manager for our good health and well-being at Legacy Health. 
She has more than 35 years of experience working in occupational safety, health, and well-being in academia, consulting, and government sectors. She has her BA in biology, MS in public health, environmental health sciences, and is a certified industrial hygienist. Didi is past president of the Columbia Willamette chapter of the American Society of Safety Professional, or ASSP, participated on ASSP's Total Worker Health Task Force, and served as co-principal investigator for outreach and education here at the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center, one of NIOSH's 10 academic centers of excellence for total worker health. And previously, she supported our institute in outreach and education for over 18 years. Didi is currently an avid blogger and author of four books. Didi and Liz, we are so excited to have you both here today. And um, Didi, this is sort of full circle because you know we're you're back for another episode, and you helped launch our podcast four years ago. And I can't believe the journey it's been so far. But thank you both for being here. So the two of you, until recently, Didi, for you, but I represent two of the organizations of the Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance. So how about we start by telling our listeners what this alliance is and what you do in it. Thanks, Anjali. And yes, it's great to be back on another podcast. I think what was really a big deal for us when we started the Total Worker Health Alliance, the Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance, and that was back in 2017 with a signed agreement, was the recognition that we had a couple organizations that were really committed to look for ways to share knowledge around the Total Worker Health approach and kind of where we can go with it. And so it really made a lot of sense to work together because we already work together in so many other ways so that we weren't reinventing the wheel or duplicating or um, maybe worse than that would be not really acting in harmony. And so that is really kind of as we formed that alliance, one of the most important things we thought at the beginning or the thing that really made sense because we were already doing a little of it was to look together on practitioner education. And so the partners of that up of the alliance include Oregon OSHA uh, SAFE, which Liz is representing and we'll speak more about, and then the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences and the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center as the academic partner. And so I think the alliance itself, which is really your question, is so important because it does allow us to work together. And we really important in the early discussion was the fact that, you know, we may all look at total worker health a little differently. We each have different prerogatives and, and priorities, but we all agreed on the key foundation of what the concepts around total worker health kind of stand for or hold or, or um, require. So that was really exciting. Liz, do you want to add to that? I think for me, I, I wasn't around, I wasn't in the total worker health world except for kind of peripherally when the alliance was started. So Didi just did a great job of kind of explaining why the alliance came into being. And so when I joined SAFE, uh, you know, we were already a Total Worker Health affiliate and, and I took on the role of Total Worker Health Advisor in 2018, which uh, coincidentally the month before Didi and I taught our first class together uh, at the Pulp and Paper conference. And so, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, which was exciting. But so as Didi and I have been the primary curriculum developers and the curriculum 
presenters, for example. Uh, it was really important, though, to make sure that all parties knew what was going on and kind of agreed with the directions that we were going. So, even though SAFE and, you know, the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center, we were always in constant communication, and then we would have several meetings a year just to make sure that Oregon OSHA also knew the directions we were going with the curriculum and could offer their opinion and voice their priorities. And so it, it was very collaborative, even though it seemed like there were only two of us involved in it. There was a lot more voices at the table, and that, I think, became really important because then as total worker health and the concepts and the practices and all those things we talk about that are really want organizations to do and further worker well-being came up in conversations with, you know, members of the alliance. They, they knew what they could say and they had an idea of what was going on and could point people in the right direction. So for me, that was, that was really key for, for the alliance and making sure we're successful. That's a great start. Thank you both. And I think you both started to talk to this next, speak to this next question, but you highlighted that, Dee, that uh, the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center and the Institute of Occupational Health Sciences, that's an academic partner in this. And then SAFE is a workers' compensation and OSHA is the regulatory um, entity. And so just from where you all sit, why is such an alliance important in Oregon, in our region specifically, and um, anything that you'd like to say about a mission in particular would be great. Yeah, that's a great question, and I'll try not to get off track. First, as far as I know, we're the only state that has formed these specific bonds. And so as we identified it, you know, not only were we going to move ahead on the fact that SAFE and OHSU were already working in this direction, but we really recognize the importance of Oregon OSHA as our partner. And what people have really heard me say probably a million times is that sometimes certain things in Oregon are done a little differently and we really do collaborate, especially among safety and health professionals. And this really gave us that opportunity to um, further this dialogue, but do it, it that was really practitioner-based also and certainly looking at evidence and research, but really grounding it in what so many people know that they've experienced kind of in work, in the real workplace. And so I, I think that what it does for our region is it's really given a lot of visibility among professional societies, among, and we'll talk more about that, I'm certain, when we get a little more into the curriculum, and other other organizations. I know I can speak for myself, but I'm sure Liz will agree that we've both been contacted by many people who have been interested in how did you do this, how does it work, and I think what's been really important for us is to accept differences within our organizations and look at where we can come together. And I think I'll give a great example of that, whereas at the beginning, you know, Oregon OSHA was supportive but not as active. They have always been key provider of conferences that have allowed us to come and always have a spot at the table teaching. More recently, their consultants have in fact attended our what we call our Total Worker Health 101 class. And so we really have great buy-in and great feedback. And so I think we can go in and talk more about the curriculum in a minute, but that would be my piece as to really why it speaks for our region. And I agree. I think that, you know, there's always 
space held at conferences and for total worker health sessions and gosh has its own total worker health track, for example. But I think even more broadly, because of that, we do even outside Oregon have a bit of a, I don't want to say reputation because that might be taken <laughs> incorrectly, but, you know, it's known that, that these courses are available. So, you know, for example, we were asked, and this is mainly because of Didi and her association with UW, we, we did a Total Worker Health 101 at UW some time ago, and as part of kind of a follow-up to that, you know, Didi has a, and um, the center have been really involved in working with UW on their certificate, Total Worker Health Certificate Program. So we get asked to do things like VPP um, for the Region 10. And so it's, I think it's bigger than Oregon just because for the last four years, people have seen us out there doing courses and either together or by ourselves individually and know that they can come and, and ask. So for the education piece, it's it's really um, reached a lot of people, I think. And Didi kind of touched on this, but for professional organizations as well, especially ASSP and, and the one that I'm involved with, AIHA, which is the the Industrial Hygiene Association, you know, both regionally and nationally, there's there's been some connections. Thank you. And just before we move on, on a little clarification for our listeners. So UW is the University of Washington, who we collaborate a lot with. You'll hear terms like ASSP and AIHA, just and know that these are different safety professional organizations. So the ASSP is the American Society for Safety Professionals, and then AIHA is industrial, the American Industrial Hygiene Association. So, and I'm really glad you brought that up because when you talk about, and also how you described why we need this alliance is to get visibility one, but then to also get this collective buy-in that we, that worker well-being and safety and health are really everybody's, um, everybody has a role to play in it. And so part of that is being able to mobilize efforts at various, various networks. And, uh, and I think you led perfectly into this um, question around education. So the, uh, the flagship of this Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance is the education, the practitioner education mm -hmm. curriculum piece. So maybe if you could go into a little bit more detail about, you know, what is unique about this education and uh, what we fell through it. Thanks, Anjali. And I, I think I really need to mention a previous partner, Deb Fell Carlson, who used to be with SAFE, because if people have been around a while, they may recall even before we formed an alliance, Deb and I teaming on a number of presentations. And so I think what is so important about this first, and some may disagree with me on this, is that safety and health professionals get this. They may feel incredibly challenged by it. They buy, you know, really what we're trying to teach in, in our total worker health courses. They may not agree exactly on all of the approach and all these things, but they get it. And since, of course, the pandemic, everybody even more so gets the importance of well-being, which is, of course, one of the, the most important things that really comes out of how we're looking at workplace safety health and really adding that importance of the well-being element. And so, you know, we sometimes say the total work health approach is kind of the future of traditional occupational safety and health. That's not to say that it's not important to also have the folks in human resources and wellness and many other disciplines are, you know, need to be part of this development. But we have found that group of occupational safety and health professionals particularly, they not only get this, but they're looking for ways to move ahead with this. 
and I think what we have been fortunate about is Liz and I have had such a long time background um, working in safety and health is that people trust us, they believe us, they know, not that we know everything, but that we understand the world of work. And I think we're both really pretty, pretty good at hearing other people's stories and not believing we have all the solutions or all the answers. And I think that's so critical. We all know that, I think, when we do education. And I think it's been an incredible lesson for me in that continuum of engagement and interaction and being very open that we are here to learn all the time. I think I don't want to be repetitive. So when I when I kind of think about that, I just it was just a natural place for us to go. And it's been really I mean, you know, Liz said this, but it's been on demand. And as hard as virtual is, it has been amazing. The people where we have had people join us from. Right. You know, Switzerland or wherever they may be, if they're interested in the message. You said a couple of things that really got me thinking about our experience. And one is that we have, we both have a long-term history with occupational health and safety. You know, that's the profession that, that we chose to be in. And it allowed us to, I think, to speak with authority on that piece about total worker health, where safety is foundational. So both physical and psychological safety is foundational to worker well-being. And so often, and this is where, for me, a lot of people get a little wrapped up around total worker health is they, they go straight to the other stuff and forget that safety is foundational and that when you're doing really good safety work, you're doing you're working in the total worker health arena and you're contributing to people's well-being. So it allowed us to really speak with authority on that topic and really make sure that it was highlighted and brought forward, which allowed when we were talking with um, our occupational health and safety uh, practitioners for us to connect that. And I think team teaching this together, we were stronger. Actually, and when I think about the other education that's out there for practitioners, um, that's what sets ours apart, I think, is that we had a couple of perspectives that we brought to our sessions, but also that we really tried to be engaging and really wanted that interaction. And like Didi said, we tried to make sure that we had people's voices from our participants there and so we were learning together we quite often as instructors we would pick up things from the folks that were in our our classes and so we could carry that forward or you know we could just file it away you know but we, it was just a richer experience i think that's that's one of the things i think that sets this particular mm -hmm. curriculum and way of teaching apart I think that's great, Liz, and I want to add two points to that that came to me as you were speaking. One is, I mean, not only are we team teaching, and I've, I've team taught in the past, but the way we team teach, it is an, a constant opportunity for us to share without talking over each other. And what, you know, we don't just have one of us teach for an hour and the other one teach for an hour. And what that really does is when you're doing that in a team environment or a two-person environment, it takes you, it gives you that ability to step back as, as the conversation is going on. Not only do you need it virtually because there might be things going on in chat, but it actually allows you to not just say what you thought you were going to say, 
right? We all have these plans to how we're going to teach a class, but to move as as the discussion develops. And I think that's really powerful. And I think everyone's tired of those PowerPoint recordings where it's just one person talking. And And it's better for the instructor. It makes it really feel real. The second thing I would add to that, that I have been so surprised, and, and, and Liz has heard me say this, because even in virtual, I feel like we have created a very safe space. The things that we are comfortable sharing respectfully or confidential, you know, without mentioning names or whatever it might be, unless it's about ourselves, but in the things other people share, I feel like we're really getting to that really human level. And I know early in my career, I'm not convinced I would have said safety or health always got to that really human level. And I think that's the thing that really strikes me about this. The topics we're talking about, compassion fatigue, right? Suicide prevention. I mean, things that do all impact us and impact jobs and safety and health. This is great. Thanks. I don't know if you're kind of orchestrating it like that, but you did a great job leading me into my next questions and partly going into them too, which is, which is really great. Because my next question was, you know, clearly these trainings from, as, as you've shared, have taken off really well. We've reached about over a thousand practitioners so far, I think, right, since you launched in 2018. And you answered this partly already, but in thinking of why they've been so successful, you talked about how you bring these varying diverse perspectives into it. You provide a safe space for people to really get engaged and share their work experiences. Um, but anything else that you hmm. think of, because I love that you talked about mode of education. You teach online, you teach in person, you talk about how you move away from a very kind of focused PowerPoint presentation and making it more interactive and more engaged and human. That's the part I love a lot. But what else has made this more so successful? Go ahead, Liz. Had to get in there before Didi. <laughs> I think this is an interesting question for me because I would love to ask our participants this yeah. question. <laughs> but for me, Didi and I have both been very, very conscious of we need to change and evolve as we go through this. And I think people who went yeah. through the first class we did and people who have maybe come to subsequent classes had a different experience because as we learned, we started evolving and we started thinking about, okay, what are they really getting out of the course? What is the most important thing they're getting out? What are people really reaching for? What are they asking for? And we started giving more and more and interspersing practical examples of what organizations were actually doing throughout the course. Instead of saving them all for when we talked about it at the end, you know, we still do that, but we also, when we were on a particular topic, we'd say, oh, so-and-so is doing this, or we know that this is going on, or what are you guys doing? And I think that is one of the things that really, really connected with people mm -hmm. and probably made it very successful. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for adding that, Liz. I would also say, and we've also talked about this, is... I find because we usually get or people from multiple organizations or industries, there's really some interesting sharing that may not be what somebody else already had thought about because maybe it's consistent in construction, for example, or it's more relevant in construction, but parts of it really fit in healthcare or wherever. And so I think I've been surprised that 
there has been so much cross-learning between industries. And yet there's also certainly a lot to be gained when people from the same industry are in the same room. So I think it's really nice to kind of have a mix of both of those things. Great points. I think before I move to the next question, I do want to to dive in a little bit deeper because you mentioned reaching different audiences and bringing these different perspectives. So the goal of the Total Worker Health trainings is to train practitioners to implement Total Worker Health strategies within their organizations, correct? And uh, and so it's great that you bring up this engagement across industries. So if you can give us a sample of like, what are some of the types of industries that come like to these trainings? I think we could almost say who hasn't been there, honestly over our years, right? Whether it's been the three hour class or the one hour. Now we have just, listeners might be interested if they're not familiar to go to the Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance page because there is a bit of a listing of some different things that we've taught. But, you know, certainly lots in construction in the trades, um, healthcare, services. We've had some from hospitality, not as many, I would say. Corrections, policing, who else, Liz? insurance (laughs) insurance you know we haven't mentioned our train the trainers yet so i hope we we get to those but we've had folks from the un for example come to our courses and we have people with large chemical manufacturers and i'm trying to think of i mean we we've taught at vpp conference and i mean it was all kinds of different folks all different industries and like Didi says it would be hard to say we we might even want to just well we haven't had these we i mean right had some folks in there and i mean just all kinds so and that's one of the things that for me is great about our course and about total worker health is that it's not industry specific and there are lots of ideas that come from different industries that are applicable um, for others as well. I think it's kind of fun to now think about taking it into because we've both done this individually or together, which is a different a different industry, a different kind of job. How do you pitch this? right? Because it fits everywhere. There is no doubt. Um, It's more challenging in certainly in certain, especially certain work arrangements. And we've had consultants too, who are working on getting their own groups ready so they can support other organizations. That's really great because I think and, and so important, right? Because we want to reach all those diverse audiences. And, and if we can take Total Worker Health to different industries, then it just makes it that much more applicable. Go ahead. Yeah. One more thing, you know, because Liz and I have both also done this where let's say, you know, the practitioner base, maybe it's a safety and health manager or an HR leader, and they've asked us to go and speak to their management group of, of folks, right? Just not not maybe to teach a short piece, but kind of to, to facilitate. And we kind of offered that, and, and I know we're jumping ahead talking about the train the trainer, but that was kind of like a something we offered to those who graduate from our train the trainer class to co-do that with them. And we've both done that um, several times. And to our listeners, we've talked about having the Total Worker Health page, and that will be also in the show notes. So make sure to look at that. Liz, also on your behalf, I'll push that plug about, you know, if you're a listener here and you're listening to and you've attended a total worker health session please feel free to reach out and and tell us tell us more ask questions and have comments share comments about your experience as well so all right so where do you see the this alliance you know several years from now obviously you came to it with a, with a mission with a purpose with a goal for the immediate 
future, but also long term. So how would you define success in the long run? I'll jump in here, but I'll let Liz follow up. So as you all know, I'm no longer at OHSU and I'm working at Legacy Health. I'm still along a path of total worker health implementation. I would say that when we first kicked this idea off those years ago, we talked about more than training. We did talk about research, kind of joint research between our organizations. And so that's always something that is is an opportunity. We've also talked about providing a little more support to affiliates. Um, there's been conversations about growing the alliance, um, whether that may or may not happen, I'm not sure. Great. And before I move on, could you clarify what affiliates means for our listeners? Uh, yes, but I'm going to let Liz do that since SAFE is an affiliate, but thank you. And I apologize for using terms that people may not know. Right. And I alluded to, to this earlier, but a, a total worker health affiliate is an organization that belongs to a certain type of organizational structure. So nonprofits, educational, government agencies, and I no, I'm probably forgetting one because there's four on the list, um, but you kind of get the idea not for profit organizations right now cannot become a total worker health affiliate. So these organizations safe is one as a not for profit insurance company. We have agreed with the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health NIOSH, which is the home of the total worker health program that we will do certain things so we will we will implement total worker health for our employees and workers and do our best to follow all the precepts and concepts that that are embodied in total worker health so for i, I want to say a couple things one is there's lots and lots of affiliates you know we're, we're almost up to 100 affiliates now and it's a it's a great community to be part of nobody is doing total worker health perfectly we're all doing it a little bit differently and Didi and i talk about this all the time there's not one size fits all for total worker health and so as affiliates then and this is why safe is involved in the total worker health alliance in the first place because well first of all we're the work comp insurance we have a lot to do with we have a mandate to provide service to our policyholders to help them improve safety and health but also because we're a total worker health affiliate and we were already thinking about how do we incorporate total worker health concepts into the consulting that we do with our policyholders beyond that there are there are several other Total Worker Health Affiliates in the state of Oregon. There's the city of Eugene. Uh, there's eWeb, which is Eugene mm. Water and Electric Board. They're also an affiliate. And it would be really nice um, in future to see the Alliance support affiliates somehow. What that looks like, we're not sure of, and we've had several conversations around it. But having some sort of support for for organizations that either are affiliates or working on becoming affiliates, or even thinking about becoming affiliates, like giving them a little support so that we can help them along their path. That's helpful. Thanks for clarifying that. So just also to, to give our listeners a better sense, a bigger sense of this, the Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance is the only one of its kind, correct? Right? It's the only one I would say with the three types three of partners. organizations that are part of it. There is another alliance with total worker health organizations and it's in the Midwest, but it does not include their regulatory body or their work comp. Okay. 
that's a, that's a great distinction also to make because the total worker health program in itself is national. There are multiple uh, total worker health centers, research centers, and there are also total worker health affiliates across the country. And it's probably worth saying there are organizations that are probably doing as much as an affiliate is around this path of addressing well-being and, and looking at their programs and policies and practices. And they're just, they're not, they either haven't applied for affiliate or they're they're not going to. So I think it's also good to just look at all organizations right now are struggling with how do we get staff? How do we retain staff? How do we look at well-being? How do we reduce hazards? I mean, I don't, not all organizations, but many leading organizations are, and tying it into sustainability efforts too. Yeah. So as we think of the future of work and how work is evolving, this will be these conversations will be all the more important. And I want to go back to because you started, you both started to talk about this, but in thinking of um, you know the long term plan for the alliance and these total worker health practitioner trainings, where you mentioned the train the trainer. Uh, program or the component of your training, and this is a way to to do what? Or tell us more about the train the trainer. Well, listen, I realized we can't do all the training all the time, and there was a lot of interest from folks. I want to do more of this within my organization, but I, I feel like I need to learn more, and so that's when we piloted it a little over a year ago, September of 2021. Piloted it virtually, and we accepted 12 people. And we got great feedback. And so what it was, was a four two-hour sessions with some kind of prereqs. You had to have already attended our, what we call our Total Worker Health 101, the basics, which is a three-hour class. And we had some reading material for them ahead of time. And they had to demonstrate as part of this class before they kind of made it through, so to speak. And it was a wonderful group and we found because it was successful, we did another one just this last July with 12 more people. And I think one of the things I wanted to add to that, Didi, is that you asked us a few minutes ago about why are we so successful? And the reason, though all those reasons why we felt like we were successful led to all those requests for us to do training and it was um, overwhelming and we just didn't have the capacity, the two of us to do it. So there was a lot of interest in it and it was just a, a great way to get more folks like ready to talk about it and teach it and, and use the curriculum. And it's, it's been, it actually has been amazing um, to go through those two cohorts with, with the folks that became trainers. Yeah. Our last cohort, they were so incredibly experienced in the world of work. I mean, industrial hygiene, occupational health, we felt like we just had an amazing group that we also learned from as we always do. It was great. So is it fair to say that the train the trainer component is is a good way to scale these trainings across industries and sure for practitioners? Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think you know what I also like about it is it you know it it, it allows buy-in, right? Yeah. I mean, we're very clear about what parts they really should use in their curriculum and what parts they can customize, right? And then as I said, I started to say earlier, there have been cases where then once they get through that, we, Liz or I have offered, if they want it, for us to join them on a session with maybe their, their higher ups or a work group or a steering committee, which has been, I would say, some of my favorite parts. Gosh, it was great to see, like Dee Dee said, we were like, okay, these kind of have to stay the same. These you have some creativity you can use and, and you can really tailor them to what might speak to 
the group that you're talking to, whether it be a leadership group or you're just talking to a group of employees or you're talking to other practitioners in your organization. And it was really, really great to see how people took that and what direction they went with that. And in fact, Didi and I both are like, ooh, oh, that's a really good one. Oh, that's a really great discussion or that's a great slide. And, you know, we ended up collecting all of them and some of them have made it into to my practice mm -hmm. for sure. For me, it was a really great example of what we're supposed to do in Total Worker Health and that's engage the people doing the yeah. work and they can speak to the work and they know um, some of the solutions already, like we know what's going on and we know what the challenges are and we have some ideas about solutions and let us, let us run with it. And it was really great to see that. You know, I hadn't thought about this till now, but what's kind of cool with that train the trainer class, if you think about it, um, Liz, is that when we talked earlier about what our really motive was with the Alliance, right? You bring in parties who may not exactly have the same idea, but we're going to work together to get the key concepts out. And that's exactly what we've done with these organizations. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. You both talk really excitedly about the trainings. That, that much is very clear. You, you know, you sound like you're also very fond of it in a way. And so this is the perfect segue to, for me to ask, what's your favorite part of teaching these classes? Oh, working with Liz. <laughs> Doing that with Dee. Yeah, I mean, that's really true. You can tell, I think that's part of the power of this is, I mean, we like to work together and we learn from each other. I'll just say for me, I, I love being able to create a safe space where people really feel connected and they feel seen and heard and safe. I think that's my favorite thing when, and sometimes it's harder to create virtually or in person and not every class feels exactly the same, but I love that. And I think uh, to Didi's point, uh, you know, that was one of our aims and we actually deliberately talked about how we could create that space. And I do think that because um, we trust each other, and we like each other and we can say things to each other that are vulnerable, that is what opens up the space. And so looking forward, I hope I'm still involved in the training, but I, I don't know what, what level Didi will be able to be. And I'm also a little apprehensive of how that might change it. And I think because you both talked so much about co-teaching this and bringing these different perspectives and part of that is responding to the energy between the two of you as you teach these classes. And that's also important to set the stage for participants to get engaged. And so it sounds like these are lessons that in the future, the people who want to take these trainings and train others in response or who even want to maybe start such a model or develop these kinds of curricula also need to have in place to basically to have the safe space to make these teachings a lot more fruitful than they would otherwise. I, the other thing, that's my favorite thing and my just learning from our participants and actually I, I've got to say this is we've only ever had one person give us any kind of negative feedback, which is absolutely amazing if you know anything about training sessions. I was just going to say, sorry, I'm jumping in, but you're right. And we made a change, right? Like mm -hmm. that was really good because it, it helped us see where this person was coming from. And in fact, I almost want to tell, I'll, please give us things we can work on. Uh, you know, it's great. But I think one of the things that I was going to say that kind of touches on that is that all that is wonderful. 
but it can be really tiring to do it. And I think one of the other things that made this was one of my favorite things is that if one of us didn't quite have the energy, the other one was able to pick it up, you know, and there were so many times during a session where I'd like to lose my train of thought or Dee Dee would lose her train of thought and we could just kind of play off each other. Um, Remember the time I started crying because I was looking at the wallpaper in my then work office, which was where my mother had mm-hmm. had, had spent her last few months. And I just like, and it was all fine. It was like, we're being yeah, vulnerable, but saying. yeah, you were helpful then, Liz. The one time I was helpful. <laughs> but again, highlighting that, you know, bringing, bringing the humanness to all of this, right? So learning is a human emotional experience. And I think the way you talk about it and talk about each other and your experiences teaching this class and also participants who come to it, that's very telling, I think, for us. So thank you. I think as we close out, where can listeners learn more about the Alliance? You know, you've created all this energy about it and this excitement and get questions. And, you know, if they have questions about joining the curriculum, uh, attending a class, where can they go? And any other resources you'd like to share? Well, there's a wealth of resources, but I think for knowing more about the Alliance and knowing what's upcoming as far as the the Alliance curriculum, the Total Worker Health Alliance page, the Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance page is probably the best place to go. And there's links there that can uh, point you into what's our upcoming schedule. Uh, we do have do have a full day at the GOSH conference, which will be happening in March, and that is for listeners that don't know the Governor's Occupational Safety Health Conference that happens every other year. So there's that one coming up, and other than that, we don't really have anything on the schedule now. We're a little bit in limbo and planning right yeah. now. And as far as resources, I think safe. Um, we have <clears throat> we have a, a wealth of resources as well. And folks can go to safe.com backslash TWH um, to find those. And of course, the original, if you go to NIOSH Total Worker mm-hmm. Health, there's just links to all of the research centers of excellence, links to the affiliates, and you can really um, spend a lot of time exploring everything else. Yeah, I would definitely advise getting on NIOSH's Total Worker Health newsletter, if you're a quarterly newsletter, if you're not already, because then you get a sense of what all the 10 centers of excellence are are up to. Lots of great resources, but also all the more important to know which ones to look at and which yeah. ones are, you know, credible. So um, I definitely I appreciate your highlighting those and we'll have links to all of those in the notes as well. Didi and Liz, thank you so much. I feel like we could go on and on and have a part two and a three to this to this conversation, but we have to end at some point. And I think this has given us plenty um, to think about and to, and to learn about. So thank you both so very much. Thank you so much. It's been great to be here. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. We wanted to say thank you again to Anjali, Liz, and Didi for giving us their time today to talk to us about the Oregon Total Worker Health Alliance. We will be back in 2023 with new episodes. Thank you again, and I hope everyone has a happy new year, and we'll definitely see you in 2023. Community feedback is important to us, so if you enjoy listening to What's Work Got to Do With It, please consider leaving us a review and subscribe to our podcast. We really appreciate your continued support. If you want to stay updated on current research, resources, news, and community events, consider following us on our Oregon in the Workplace blog or our social media channels. 
You can find us on facebook.com slash ochelsci.ohsu, on Twitter at ohsuochelth, or you can find us on LinkedIn by searching Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.